Where were you the day America lost its innocence? This coming Friday marks the 19th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on America. Many of us lost friends, colleagues, and loved ones that day. Others still suffer enduring scars, both physical and mental, which are constant reminders of the act of cowardice that altered our nation's fiber, stripped us of so many of our freedoms, and forever changed our perceptions of the American way of life. Many of you listening were too young to remember what happened that day, and far too many who vowed they would never forget have done just that. Aside from those who witnessed the events firsthand and the families of those loved ones who were killed and maimed that day, it seems our collective memories, like bumper-sticker platitudes, have all but faded away. My production team and I have been digging through what's left of the archives of that day to bring you, well, let's just say a not-so-subtle reminder. It's a short audio documentary we're calling Innocence Lost, the day time stood still. I encourage you to share it with your friends and with your children and your grandchildren in years to come. Let it serve as a record of truth, which has all but been eroded in our current era of censorship and political correctness. But I warn you, this piece is raw, real, filled with emotion, and completely uncensored. Like much of America, it's not for the faint of heart, so listener discretion is advised. And now, Counterthink Media, in cooperation with Gun for Hire Radio, presents Innocence Lost. The day time stood still. Miles and miles of sunshine today, nice as it can be across the northeast. Uh, rough sea still uh, from, uh, from the chop from that hurricane, but other than that, it's kind of quiet around the country. We like quiet. It's quiet. It's too quiet. Around 8.45 a.m., the people along the west side of Manhattan heard a piercing whine of a jumbo jet making its way down the Hudson River. Those who witnessed the scene instinctively realized everything about it was wrong. Heading down an airway normally reserved for northbound VFR traffic, it was much too big, traveling much too fast, and much too low. Nearly 500 miles per hour, at an altitude of just 900 feet, more than twice the speed permitted for an aircraft flying that low. It took less than 90 seconds for American Flight 11 to travel the entire length of the island of Manhattan. A little after 8.46 a.m., the huge aircraft weighing 283,600 pounds, traveling at 465 miles per hour, carrying approximately 10,000 gallons of fuel, flashed across the remaining 20 blocks from Canal Street to the World Trade Center. and tore through the massive North Tower between the 93rd and 99th floors, killing all on board and wreaking incomprehensible carnage across the six whole floors of the building. I heard the bang. I thought it was thunder. He goes, look outside. I looked outside. I said, holy, it looks like a plane hit it or something. 
Battalion Chief Pfeiffer made the first official report. We have a number of floors on fire. It looked like the plane was aiming towards the building. Transmit a third along. We'll have the staging area at Vesey and West Street. As we swung around in front of World Trade, my mind tells me, wow, this is, this is bad. The impact severs 47 of the building's critical perimeter support columns and damages another two. Rivers of burning jet fuel pour out of the severed wings, down the elevator shafts to the floor below, incinerating anything and anyone caught in its path. Smoke, fire, and wreckage, cutting off all escape routes for those in or above the impact zone. Although all the levels were designed to be smoke and fire resistant, blindingly thick plumes of acrid smoke ripped their way through the remaining upper floors in minutes, making it almost impossible for those trapped inside to see or breathe. Witnesses on the upper floor of the South Tower were stunned to see a wall of flames burst through the windows of the North Tower less than 130 feet away, followed by a shower of disintegrating desks, files, computers, airplane parts, and burning bodies. If you were in the floors below, you saw the ceilings cave in. You saw the glint of the airplane as it impacted the building, and you felt the shockwaves ripple through the building as it physically moved off axis, swaying over 20 feet in each direction. Close to the impact zone, there were people who lived for long, horrific minutes as they sought refuge from the smoke and flames and scorching heat. Many, in the last few moments of their lives, had the presence of mind to phone their loved ones or made desperate calls for help that would never come. Good morning, Mother Scott. Good morning, have a good day. I'm on the 83rd floor. I'm on the 83rd floor. What? I'm on the 83rd floor. 
I'm see any air anymore. Okay. All I see is smoke. Okay, dear. I'm so sorry. Hold on one. Stay calm with me. Stay calm. Now, just, uh, listen, listen. The call is in. I'm documenting. I'm going to let those... Hold on one second, please. I'm going to die, aren't I? No, 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 no. Say I'm going to die. Ma'am, 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 say your prayers. And we're not going to die. We're going to think positive because you got to help each other get off the floor. I'm now, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. You're doing a good job, ma'am. You're doing no. a good job. You're it's so calm. hot. I'm burning up. Oh, my God. I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and we just wanted you to know that I love you. What is by 855, an army of firemen, police, emergency service personnel, and government officials, including the mayor himself, were rushing to the scene in Lower Manhattan. They were followed by another army of almost equal size of television news crews, cameramen, photographers, and reporters as the apparatus of the largest media operation in the world focused their attention on the events unfolding in a small 16-acre plot of ground in the largest city in America. At 9.02 a.m., little more than 15 minutes after the initial attack, while millions of people in the New York metropolitan region and tens of millions of television viewers across the world were staring intently at the smoldering icon of the New York skyline, a dark shape appeared over the skyline of New Jersey and came hurtling across the Statue of Liberty in the Upper Bay. Freelance cameraman Steve Vigilante captured those astounding next few moments on tape. Holy shit, Martin. No! That's the other building. That's terrorist. Other building? That's terrorist, bro. That's fucking terrorist. Holy According to Seismic Records, at precisely 902.54, as millions watched, United 175 slammed into the South Tower, cutting a swath through floors 77 to 85 of the 110-story building, instantly killing all on board, and over a hundred more inside as it tore its way through. By then, the first teams of firefighters and emergency workers had already arrived at the base of the North Tower, where they were greeted by a scene of horror and devastation that defied the imagination. On the Austin Tobin Plaza, there were burning corpses everywhere. The mangled bodies of men and women that had already fallen or jumped from the upper floors of the building, and the charred remains of the passengers of Flight 11, some still belted in their seats. 1,000 feet above, in the upper reaches of the towers themselves, there was a clearly marked delineation between life and death. In the North Tower, the plane struck in the center, 
and because the burning jet fuel went immediately down the shafts, it created a more intense and fiercely smoky fire. Those trapped on the floors above were cut off from any hope of escape. And because they had nowhere to go, people broke out windows, desperate to get air. People were stacked four and five high, hanging out of the windows, just trying to breathe. Others, having already climbed out of the windows, clung to each other and to the metal on the outside of the building. And then, one by one, to the absolute horror of those looking on, they began to fall and jump to their deaths. About 15 minutes ago, bodies started dropping from the top floors of the uh, tower closest to the highway. And uh, it, was, it was absolutely terrible. Obviously, they had two choices, to be burned into, in flames or to uh, leap and end it all. By 9.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, ordinary life in New York City had all but ceased as millions of New Yorkers and millions more around the world looked on in shock and disbelief. But the horrors of that day were nowhere close to being over. The World Trade Center, tower number one, is on fire. The whole outside of the building was just saying, every And a person comes running into the office uh, saying, explosion, explosion, explosion. His skin was pulled all from his armpits all the way to the top of the fingertips and pieces missing off his face. He says he's at the 105th floor at One World Trade Center. Okay, I'm on the 100th floor of the World Trade Center with 30 people, northeast corner. Okay, you're, let me get to, you at 101st, 100th floor? 100th floor, northeast, 30 people in the corner. The smoke is very bad. Message number 51 concludes 0800 hours, 56 minutes and 12 seconds. American 11, climb maintain level 350. American 11, Boston. Earth 7, Mike Lima, how do you hear? Mike Lima, how do you like quick? American 11, Boston. Okay, my name is Betty Ong. I'm number three on flight 11. Okay. Um, the cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. American 11, if you hear Boston Center, I can please or acknowledge. American 11, Boston. American 11, if you hear Boston Center, I den. Roger's weapon, Sergeant Powell. All right, Boston Center, TMU, we have a, a problem here. We have a hijacked aircraft headed towards New York, and we need you guys to, we need someone to scramble some F-16s or something up there to help us out. Is this, is this real world or exercise? No, it's not an exercise manifest. Okay, I think we need to scramble Langley right now, and I'm going I'm to take the fighters from Otis and try to chase this guy down if I can find him. Foxy, scramble Langley. Come towards the Washington area. Hey, this is Dulles Approach Control. We're tracking a fast-moving primary heading towards the White House. The White House has been advised. All right, I'll tell them. Okay, I'll keep you advised. 
These are the first pictures we have in. Uh, this is from Somerset County, Pennsylvania. This is where the United Airlines Flight 93, this was a Boeing 757 bound from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco. It crashed in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, near the town of Shanksville, south of Pittsburgh. We are told about 80 miles outside of Pittsburgh. Noise coming from it, but the engines were running. Um, I then saw the plane coming down at almost a 90 degree angle, maybe an 80 degree angle. And the next thing I saw was a big fireball and smoke. When it come down over top of me, I seen it go head nose dive straight into the ground down here. We heard this noise in the sky, and my friend and I looked up and uh, said, what's that? And uh, just going over, basically over our uh, horizon of the hill was this plane. It was completely upside down is what it was. Uh, the tail fin was down, and it was going in at a sharp ascent, probably more than a 45-degree angle, closer to a 90-degree angle. Next thing was over the horizon, there was a big, huge fireball. But was, I'd say at least four or five hundred feet in the air, terrible. The debris here is spread over a three to four mile radius, which has now been completely sealed off and is being treated, according to the FBI, as a crime scene. This is one of those cases where the pictures really do tell the story that sort of the most horrifying aspect of this particular crash scene is how little debris is visible. There is a large crater in the ground. That's really all you see is a large crater in the ground and, and just tiny, tiny bits of debris. There's been at least one report that the uh, investigators out there, and there are hundreds of them, as I said tonight, um, have found nothing larger than a phone book. When I took the call over, there was a soft-spoken, calm gentleman on the other end. He told me that there's three people that have taken over the flight that point, I asked him his name. He told me, Todd Beamer. He was from Cranberry, New Jersey. I wanted him to think that he still had a chance. I didn't want him to feel like it was just totally hopeless and he definitely didn't have a choice and he knew he was going to die. I didn't want him to have that feeling. I felt that he knew at that time because he had said, oh, Jesus, help us. And then he said, Lisa, would you recite the Lord's Prayer with me? And I knew that he knew at that time that it wasn't much left for him to do. They're all heroes in my eyes. They really are. They all pitched together, and they did what they thought was the best thing to do at that time. And um, I feel that Todd played a great role in that because when he told the guys, are you ready, I assumed that they were waiting on his cue. Then they responded to him, and he said, okay, let's roll. from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline. This is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Can you believe 19 years since September 11th? I cannot. 
you know, uh, it's amazing. But these young kids coming in to shoot at my range now, like 23, 24, they, they don't have even no remember, memory. No memory at all. Nope. You know, and I, I mean, I guess it, it's through the generations, World War II, you know, Korean War, Vietnam War. It's the same thing, you know. Uh, like I have very, uh, a very good recollections of the end of the Vietnam War. You know, yeah, but right. uh, not the beginning when it was uh, right. Yeah, you know, when it was really heating up. But I remember, you know, them reading at night the names of the people who died on local television uh, in Vietnam. Oh wow, and, that just brought back a memory. Right? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, so, yeah. and now these kids uh, who, you know. I don't even know. Are they even taught September 11th in school? No, I think that I was going to say that I think is the difference is that the the World War II history and the Vietnam history, well, more so the World War II history has not been rewritten. You know, like Barack is going to have to change our history. This is quite a few years now where we play that piece that you put together and produced uh, for September 11th. And uh, I will be posting it on September 11th just as the audio... Uh, separate from Gun for Hire Radio as well, but uh, you should pass that this show 485 on to as many people as you uh, know. Uh, we also we lost a lot of freedoms after September 11th when uh, Bush sure passed the Patriot Act. Yeah, we sure did. A lot of people don't know that a lot of the spying that goes on on us Americans in the name of security and safety mm. uh, is because of the Patriot Act. Yes, and it's and, about to happen again. With a pandemic attack. Uh, yeah, yeah. F- for sure. Uh, so, mm-hmm. excuse me. So, yeah, everybody should take a, a moment and listen to what you put together, Sandy, and reflect on it and share it with friends and family, lest we forget, because next year, obviously, will be 20 years. Yeah. And uh, this is show 485, by the way. Do you know 666? It's getting we closer. Will, we will be in our 13th year. Wow. We will be in our 13th year, so it's 666 and 13th. Weird, right? That's very weird. (laughs) Did you plan this this way? I did not because you just picked 666 because it's the the mark of the devil. No one one will forget it. No one will forget it. If we said we were going to stop at 667, who would give a shit? Right, exactly. So 666 in the 13th year of our show. Holy shit. Edgar Allan Poe would be happy. He would be. There'd be some sort of crow involved. Yeah. So uh, I, it's hard to believe it's been 19 years. I remember exactly where I was when it happened, just like the Challenger when yeah, it blew up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, me too. With that. Right? Most of us tend to remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, anybody out there, if you're young, you should look up Patriot Act and uh, look at the pros and cons of the Patriot Act. Much more cons, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we did not have to take off our <clears> shoes <throat> and belt. And underwear to get through security screenings at the airport. Correct. And they check the diapers of 90-year-old women in wheelchairs, too, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Right. So <clears throat> there's a, uh, information on the lawsuit uh, with uh, Defense Distributed uh, and the SAF, Second Amendment Foundation, and uh, against uh, New Jersey AG uh, Gubert Rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the case is in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, where a three judge panel recently u- ruled unanimously that Gruel is subject to the jurisdiction of Texas courts. 
<laughs> okay, because of his efforts to prevent publication of the information by defense distributed, violates the company's and SAF's First Amendment rights. All right. So now Gruel is one of nine attorney generals to file suit in the Western District of Washington to enjoin the State Department from authorizing the release of Daniel Defense, uh, the, excuse me, Defense Distributed files. All right. So now they're asking for an injunction. Daniel Defense, Defense Distributed is asking for an injunction because Gruel has now sought uh, a panel hearing and rehearing en banc and might also seek seriatory, might try to take it to the Supreme Court. So while this is going on, this prevents the plaintiffs from prop promptly proceeding on remand to have the district court rule on the merits of their preliminary injunction request. Having chosen to keep this court in charge of the case indefinitely, all right? So Gruel cannot refuse to litigate plaintiffs' requests for interim injunctive relief here and now. So he's trying to drag this out in the courts to cripple them, which is what our politicians and our lawmakers do, right? Because they have nothing else to do in New Jersey. Because everything's Just, running so well. Well, we're going to get into New Jersey in a minute. i got a lot to talk about. Uh, here's the other thing. Uh, the NRA released their PVF Political Victory Foundation grades. And you can find this at nrapvf.org. You pick New Jersey. So it shows their ratings. So for Senate, would you rather Rick Mehta or Cory Booker? Oh, definitely Cory Booker. <laughs> Rick Mehta uh, got an AQ because he got an A rating but a question mark because he hasn't been in political office before. Obviously, Booker got the F. Okay? Yeah. Booker got the F. So you got to remember that. So that's the Senate race. And we can go down to the House race. Now, we're going to have more local uh, ratings through anjrpc.org. But even Jeff Van Drew, who switched from a Democrat to a Republican, got a C. Now, his running mate is Amy Kennedy. She's a Democrat. She got an F. She's from the Kennedy dynasty, by the way. Oh, she is? Yes, she is. Now, she got an F. Now, the reason Van Drew got a C is because of the way he voted when he was a Democrat. Right. It didn't automatically make him an A. Right, right. All right. Now, there are a few NRA-endorsed candidates, David Richter in the third conditional congressional district he's running against the pimp andy kim and then we have like the fourth con congressional district chris smith who's in a republican incumbent got a d because he's always voting with the democrats yes he is all right and uh chris smith is a rhino when it comes to second amendment correct fifth con congressional district frank Pallotta got an a with a q question mark because he's new running against josh gothheimer who's a democrat so that puts us in a better position. Mm -hmm. Tom Kane, who used to be speaker or whatever, he got a B, um, which is better than nothing. I would prefer an A. So one of our guys in the 9th Congressional District who's running against Bill Pascal Jr. is Billy Prempa, P-R-E-M-P-E-H. We're going to have him on the show soon. He's been to the gun range numerous times. Him and I spoke at some open New Jersey rallies and stuff. Big, tall, African-American dude with like dreadlocks and stuff as intelligent as a whip, as pro-gun as any of us can be, and he's focused, and he's running in a district, predominantly Patterson, against the millionaire Bill Pascrell Jr. Now, Billy got a question mark next to it because he didn't probably fill out the questionnaire, and he's new, but I can vouch for him, and I'm endorsing him uh, for 9th con con Congressional District. The 10th District, Jennifer Zinone, got an AQ. The 11th District, Rosemary Betchy got an AQ. 
Uh, the 12th district, Mark Razzoli didn't get uh, a rating. He's a Republican. He's not an incumbent. Bonnie Watson Coleman is an F. I would vote for Mark Razzoli in the 12th district in a heartbeat. Okay, so uh, you can go to PVF, NRAPVF.org to get that, and ANJRPC.org will have those uh, federal ratings, and we will also have state endorsements before the election in November. So think about that. Now, in New Jersey, uh, Governor Murphy is proposing to raise hundreds of millions of dollars by taxing digital trading. Have you heard this, Sandy? No. So you know these people that are home and they day trade and derivatives and stuff like that? Every time you make a trade, it's going to be subjected to a tax. So he's again uh, feathering the bed of where he came. So let's think about this. If you're a day trader and you make a quarter of a million dollars a year, I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out. And you work out of your house on a computer and trade stuff back and forth. And all of a sudden, New Jersey puts a tax on every trade you make. How long are you staying here? About a minute and a half. Okay. The, the level of stupidity it is. It is. is... But this is, again, the typical Democrat response to everything. Just tax, tax, tax. And don't expect people to to rebel and move. There's, there's one-side economics. Listen... You're not talking about taxing a manufacturing plant where they're going to have to try to get rid of the building and move to North Carolina and find labor or whatever. You're not talking about taxing a retail chain or establishment. You're talking about people that work out of their office, uh, out of their home. They could get a mobile home. (laughs) All right. They could get a mobile home and rent a a campground spot in Pennsylvania for $5,000 a year and trade there. Or how about this? Just get a VPN and trade from Spain. Exactly. There you go. So anyway, what are we going to tax next is what I want to know. Rain tax, yeah. trader tax, right. gas tax, right. toll tax. What gun is next? Tax. We have gun, gun tax. Gun tax, ammo now? tax. Ammo tax, right. What? What is next? What is next? Well, he's got to right. balance the budget somehow. He's got to pay for all those benefits somehow that are going to def- – the state is definitely going to default on. Did you see illegals can get professional licenses in New Jersey now? He passed that. <laughs> he passed that last week. <laughs> That's yep. great. Doctor, nurse, That's dentist, what, whatever. Wonderful. What, or, you know, a mortician. That's just great. That's the route I should have went. You should have, yeah. Mortician would have yeah. been good. The uh, customers don't complain. You know? No, actually, the end user complains probably, right? The, the the person who's paying for it. Probably, yeah. You know, mom's a little gray around the gills. Right. <laughs> you know Sorry. she's dead, right? <laughs> I did the best I could with what I had to work with. <laughs> I need you to take all your, all your, use all your magic. <laughs> I want to talk, while we're done, talk, talking about New Jersey. Okay. So we've taped the show on Friday. We've been doing this because we're remote because Sandy has cooties or cooties. ointment jointment or something like that. I don't ointment know. jointment. Ointment jointment. I like that. So uh, restaurants open today at they 25% do. capacity indoor. I know what this is like. I'm open at 25% capacity. I can't have more than 67 people in here. And we have social distancing markers on the floor, and we have acrylic up, and we have masks, and we have dividers, and we have an air handler system and stuff. Here, just a little word of advice. A lot of these restaurants, especially the ones that couldn't have outdoor dining, have been closed for six months. 
Right. They were I they were where I was two months ago, watching the Crown's press conferences every day with bated breath, waiting for him to announce that I could reopen until we sued him, okay? And we got to reopen. So that was two two months for me, almost two months to the day. And they have still been closed. I was closed for four months. These people are scrambling. They know that they can't pay their bills on 25% capacity. They still have to do takeout. They still have to do deliveries. And, you know, think about this. Everybody who's listening to the show has a mom and pop corner pizzeria or something that has about 10 or 12 tables. Yeah. So what you're saying is three tables. Yeah. Three tables. If they turn that table three times... On a Friday night, that means nine seatings as opposed to 36. Right. All right. Think about the economics here. You They're, have to pay your wage staff. It does not make any sense correct. to do now, that. It will put them out of business. They are going to be stressed. They are going to be freaking out. They're going to be trying to handle it. So a couple of things we can do on our end in a positive note. Continue to support them with takeout delivery yep. and if they have outdoor seating if the weather's nice and if you're built with a little insulation like me sit outside okay if you can fit inside that's fine now the other thing is when you sit inside don't stay for an excessive period of time yeah, right eat don't your meal up. get up right. maybe take the bullshit and outside right. or whatever right. because they have people waiting table. for that table and they're trying to turn that table yeah. now if you're going to be a karen or a chad stay the f home if you're going to be out there giving one-star reviews, are reporting to the NJ.com that there was four tables taken instead of three, that the tables were 5.7982 inches apart as opposed to six feet apart, or that one of the servers seemed to drop the mask under his or her nose for a quarter of a second. If you're going to be one of those people, stay the F home. I had, when we first opened, I got a couple of one-star reviews from people. Place seemed too crowded. The social distancing wasn't that good between the ports. Why are you here? (laughs) If you're that afraid, stay home in your cocoon until they have a vaccine that they can inject in you rectally so you can go out into the public again. Do not take it out on these small businesses. Do you know how hard it is to control? I'm on my feet 12 hours a day welcoming people. You guys from the same group? Good. You're going to stay right here. We're social distancing everybody. Guys, step up over here. We're sanitizing every friggin' hour. We're cleaning the bathrooms every hour. My guys and girls have to wear masks 24-7 and talk through acrylic. Did you ever try to rent somebody guns and ammo with a mask on talking through acrylic to two other people with a mask on? It's got to be difficult. Uh, it's man. all day we're doing it, all right? And the restaurants are going to have to deal with the same thing. And I've seen the Chads and Karens out there giving people a hard time right away. They're going to be out there looking for stuff. It's bad we have. Think of this. In in 2019, we didn't even have these nicknames for these assholes other than assholes. This is a, what a turn of events has happened, huh, in 2020? Chads and Karens, mind your business. Listen, if you see something, pull the owner or the manager aside later and say, listen, I don't know, it was kind of tight in here, whatever. If you want to do that, do not go online and shame the person. Do not give them a one-star review. They've been closed for six months. Okay, so please pass it on to your friends and family. You know, we all have a friend or family member like that. Leave them home. (laughs) 
<laughs> leave them home. Leave Aunt them Joanne, home. we will bring you food right. back. Yes. Okay? Right. Now, the weather's starting to get cooler. I will continue to eat outside. I will not go inside until it's e either up to 50% or 75% uh, unless I go in the restaurants completely empty. A lot of these restaurants are not going to make it. Yeah. They're not going to make it at 25%. Uh, people are going to be ordering out less. And then you're going to have people, I had to go, and the wait was two hours. Oh, Listen, when it's 110 degrees out, I'd rather order my food and eat it in the car anyway. I will eat it in a car in a parking lot of the restaurant. I can't and what get you away should, with that anymore. And what you should all think about is support the local businesses first. Right. The small guys and yes. girls first. Yes. Now, Target, a, Walmart... Home Depot, they don't need your business. No. Now, now, there's a misnomer, too, because, like, Matt Warnke is a member of the range here, and he manages Bonefish Grills. They're privately owned. Yeah. You know, they bought a franchise, and the one that he worked for, they had ten of them. Now they only have five. They closed five permanently. Oh, man. Yeah, and they're struggling. You know, they put big outdoor tents and everything. So, so if you have anybody that goes out and automatically has that turned-up nose and that sour puss face, leave them home. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And if you see anybody give a, a, an establishment a negative review, go in and chime on. Give a five-star review and say, I didn't see that. This person, it must be the person or whatever. You know, if you went there to eat and you, you felt comfortable and safe, give, a, give them a five-star. Yeah. Right. Go out of your way and, and yeah. do it, please, because Great they need idea. all the help that they can get, all right? All the help that they can get. While, you know, while you're sitting there eating your dessert or drinking your coffee, give them the five-star review right there. Mention people by name. Joanne, the server, was great. Uh, 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 Karen, 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 <laughs> Karen, the maitre d' was phenomenal. Uh, Joe, our busboy, was great. You know what I mean? The process was smooth. The tables were clean. They had digital menus, disposable menus, whatever. Pass the word out. Spread, put it out on Google. Put it on Facebook. Put it on TripAdvisor. Put it on Yelp. Every, what I do is when I write a review up, I copy and paste it, and I give it across. TripAdvisor, Yelp, uh, Google, and if they have a Facebook page, I leave a review there, too. I leave the review four times. Yeah. A lot of times I take pictures of my dishes, and, and I post it, too. They're all going to need your help, so let's, let's do the best we can, all right? If you go up to the restaurant and they say they have a two-hour wait for a table, order food and take it home. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason to leave a bad review. And that's a great idea, too, to, to leave a good review to cut out the bad review. Remember, I'm these smart. people are working for 75% less pay. Are you still fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator, this year's all-new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun For Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square, open the lid, and drop the Shipbag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth, side to side, round and round, ship bags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice ship bags so thin they only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest ship bags. Murderers, rapists, 
child molesters. No problem. Just set it to high, and the ship baggerator's powerful patented motor will handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch as the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size ship bag through at two feet per second. Amazing. Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. Save up the worst and delight the crowds on the 4th of July. Who needs fireworks when you've got the ship baggerator? And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, dice, and cube. The ship baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait. Call and get yours today. The ship baggerator is available only at Gun For Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. I was getting a rendition of the Godfather 2. Yes. <laughs> Leave the gun. Don't forget the gun always. That's so, great. I make these references to my young staff. They have no idea. No, no, what I have I'm no idea saying. whatsoever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They have no idea. Whatever. Yeah. I'm Cheech Laporte. Cheech Laporte. <laughs> uh, Frankie Five Angels. Uh, listen. The ammo situation is still not getting better, and I've noticed people on online shaming uh, gun stores for what they're charging. <laughs> I haven't been targeted yet. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Myself and two other ranges that I'm friendly with, we're selling ammo to members for what we're paying for it. Oh, good God. Okay, we're marking it up slightly for non-members because it's my lifeblood. Because yeah. when two non-members come in, I get to make money off the rentals, the port time, the eye and ear protection, the targets, the 25-minute introduction lesson or whatever. And basically, the ammo is becoming a lend leader. Yeah. All right? For, for my members, the ammo is a loss leader because I'm selling it to the members for what I'm paying for it, but I have handling fees, and I have to bring shipping. it in from the warehouse, right. shipping. Yeah. So I'm actually losing money on that, and uh, until it gets better, until the supply chains catch up, that it is what it is. Now, when you see Midway or Cheaper Than Dirt charging $65 for a box of 9 millimeter, remember them yeah, when right. things get right. better. All right. The problem right. is a lot of people have bad, short memories, and as soon as it goes down to $10, $11 a box, they'll go right back to buying from those guys again. That's right. Uh, and I say bullshit. We've been begged, borrowing, and stealing to keep ammo alive and well. Uh, it has not been easy. The supply chain is lengthy and hard uh, to get stuff. So, and all I did is get, you know, concerns from people, questions from people. Everybody's doing the best they can. If your local dealer is charging you under $40 a box for nine millimeter right now, I can tell you honestly, 
they're not making more than 5% profit on that ammo. I'm going to tell you right now. Is that Unless how they, the prices are going? Yeah, Sandy, it's, it's, it's horrible. We, we just bought some cases of 9mm ammo. We paid $32 a box. Oh, my God. We're charging members $32 a box. We're charging non-members $37 a box and tourists and stuff that come in. All right? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You got, you got to pay for it. So everybody's got to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, but complaining and shaming people if they're just marking it up a little bit is not the way to go. But I guess that's how our culture works today. Uh, you know, as soon as we leave, we go out onto our phone and we post, eh, they charge me too much. I'm not going to go there anymore. They're scalping me. They're raping me. Me, 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 me. And you post a picture of the receipt with the name of the company on it or something. Great. You're just a great American. You're great to be around. You know, yeah, yeah. we want watch you don't trip on the way out, hit your head <laughs> on the cement divider thing in the parking lot because that would be a tragedy. <laughs> right. You ready for this? Why can't we get stuff? You ready? Yeah. 3.11 million Knicks checks in the month of August. 3.11 million. million. Think about that. That's one percent of the population. Right. It's probably two percent. August. <laughs> it's probably two percent of the adult population. Yeah, right. Right. All right. Three. Why can't you get guns and why can't you get ammo? I told you, six point two million Knicks checks in two thousand nineteen. I think we're going to triple it for twenty twenty. And all these new shooters who are coming in from the dark side who really are going to continue to vote on the dark side until Ugh. they finally realize uh, what many of us had to realize, who came over from the dark side. Listen, I'm hearing we're running NRA basic pistol classes five times a week at, with 12 people in a class. Wow. Okay? So that's 60 people a week. We're, classes are sold out till December. We're adding more classes now. For, but that's to me that's exciting because at least people yes. are getting training. But I'm going into every class and discussing our plight and situation with yeah. all these newbies. Yeah. I can't reach out to the millions, but I can get hundreds and thousands. Okay? Yes, right. And I am. I was here last night. The class ended at 9. I was here till 10.15 with six of the 12 students who were asking me tons of questions. And, of course, I was dropping the bombs. How does it feel to be treated like a criminal? Yeah. Has, did you know yeah. now? Oh, your wife here, she didn't get her FID card yet? Oh, that's going to go from $5 to 100 Oh, she didn't get a pistol permit yet either. They're going from $2 to 50 She's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. It's the in the proposed budget, and it's in the in the uh, New Jersey Assembly right now. It's right. gonna the legislate. Oh my God! I, I I hope I get it before they pass that. Yeah. Well, you people better think about how you're gonna vote because we need judges, and I I, I constantly stress, you know, the judicial appointments because we're screwed in this country. Yep. So, Darren Goins from the NRA came in the other day, and he brought a federal judge with him. She had never shot before. Not going to disclose the name. So, as luck would have it. Next to them at the counter was a male retired federal immigration judge who I taught how to shoot like 12 years ago, and he's been a member of the range since we opened here. So I said, Your Honor, Your Honor. I made them meet each other. They did not know each other. The immigration judge has been retired for about 10 years now. She's been a judge for about five years, right? 
So I said to her, I said, you're new to the gun game. She said, yeah, just apply for my permit. Darren brought me here to introduce me. I let her shoot the Easy Slide, Glock 19, a few other guns. I said, well, let me tell you about this judge's plight. I said, 10 years ago, him and his wife signed up for a safety course at my class on a Saturday. When I got to the building that Saturday morning, there was about 10 black SUVs parked outside my building. When I walked in the front door of my building, two federal marshals stopped me and said, who are you? I'm like, uh, I own the joint. And they're <laughs> like, look, can we see some ID? I'm like, what's going on? They're like, well, we have a judge and his wife taking a class here where there's security detail. Okay, show the ID. They let me up. I go upstairs. This immigration judge had a case where he deported someone from a cartel, and he received death threats, and the FBI intercepted death threats against him. So he had a 10 U.S. Marshal security detail 24-7. Ugh. So him and his wife came and took lessons. They applied for their carry permits, and a Superior Court judge in New Jersey denied them. <laughs> Only in New Jersey. Okay, a federal immigration judge with death threats, serious cartel death threats. And it's, it's a Superior Court judge, he lived in Bergen County at the time, denied him and his wife carry permits. He ended up getting to Florida, the Utah, Virginia. He could carry everywhere but the state what where he lived and shot. <laughs> and was a target. <clears throat> and he had, he told, so he told that judge the other day, he had a 6 to 10 person federal marshal security detail 24-7 for two years. Oh. We paid for that. Yeah, he said he was getting. He had to move because he was getting complaints. Because in the winter and in the summer, the suburbans would sit outside running with the heater air conditioning on, <laughs> and the neighbors were complaining. You no know, doubt. because he didn't. He didn't live in a gated community on a rolling hill of you know yeah. eighty acres or something. <laughs> right. He lived in a bedroom community where the houses are like split levels next to each other or something. Right, right. And so he had marshals in the backyard, <laughs> the front yard, and everything, and people were spooked by it. <laughs> but when people tell me that they're going to apply for a carry permit in New Jersey, I always think of that. I'm like, wait a minute. I got a federal judge at the time. He was like sixty. I got a federal judge that had death threats. He's surrounded by marshals. He applied for a carry permit, and a superior court judge in Bergen County denied him. <laughs> okay, see, that's at the point where, like, that judge, yeah. the federal judge, should be able to go into the superior court judge's chambers and beat the shit out of him or her. Oh yeah, absolutely sure. Like, yo, bro, don't yeah. we have a fraternity? Yeah. Right, right. Well, now, now, what I always used to joke was, I was like, imagine if the federal judge ever had to handle an immigration case for a family member of that superior court judge. Yeah. Deport it! <laughs> yeah, right. But, Your Honor, you didn't even hear the case yet. Nah, I don't Gone. have to. I'm, I'm good. Put him on the next banana boat out right. to Uruguay. But, Your Honor, he was from France. Don't give a shit. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay? But this is, if judges do not even take care of judges, right? what do you think, what do you think the odds are for us, the third tier. And again, and you, what, for those listeners who are listening right now, who are new gun owners, like many of you who have written in, and when we speak the educated truth of what's going on, because you listen to MSNBC and CNN, and that's all you listen to, you accuse us of being right-wing whack jobs. 
This is reality in New Jersey, and this is what you voted for. And this, if you continue to vote, will affect you and your newfound freedoms instantly. So when that judge came to the range, uh, two days, it was Wednesday, today's Friday, when, two days ago, he was carrying one of those Kimber Pepperball guns. Oh. Okay, him and his wife both carry them because they're not allowed to protect themselves. And why didn't he move out of New Jersey? Because he has grandchildren and, and kids that live in New Jersey. Otherwise, he would have moved. He told me he would have moved to Arizona and got a carry permit in a heartbeat. Yeah. So if you don't believe we're the third tier, look at Nancy Pelosi. She got a salon to open, no mask. She went mm. in. She got her hair quaffed, right? Meanwhile, the salons have been closed since March in California. Good for me, but not for thee. Let them eat cake. And it happens all across. I, I had a montage prepared of all the uh, people who, uh, like, like Nancy, like the governor of uh, New Mexico, whose wife uh, made a jewelry store open so she could shop. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so California, the state of California, asked the Ninth Circuit for a full en banc review of the magazine decision mm. because the, uh, the three-judge panel said that they can have 15-round magazines again. Because, again, uh, California has absolutely nothing else to do. Correct. And it might go our way because uh, there's a lot of Trump uh, appointees in the Ninth Circuit. We'll see. Because New Jersey, we, we, we lost the mag ban for now. Yeah. Uh, 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 there was a three-judge panel, and ANGRPC and NRA were deciding if we should go en banc now. You know, again, time, money, time, money. Mm. But we had a judge, uh, Matley, uh, who was a Trump appointee. She was the only one that voted in our favor out of the three-judge panel. Uh, judge, uh, he, I'm sorry, Judge Paul Matt Matey, M-A-T-E-Y. He was really pissed, okay? And he says that this, this should go en banc. Because they just keep uh, kicking a can down the road, which we all know. Yeah. Mark Cheeseman, me, we're all, well, you know, Dan Schmutter. Like, Sandy, we can't get one win. I want to, like, retire in three and a half years and move to Naples, Florida. I'd like one win before I leave, <laughs> rather than just holding the line or taking it Bohica over and over again. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Judge Matley, Paul Matley, said he urged the Third Circuit that they should scrap its current approach to Second Amendment cases, which differs significantly from the approach emphasized in the landmark U.S. Supreme Court Heller case. Judge Matley effectively suggested that the appeal should be taken up fresh by the Third Circuit, not merely a three-judge panel, All right, which is a process known as uh, rehearing en banc. Now, so California, the state of California asked for an en banc. It's up to us, ANGRPC and NRA, if we want to ask. The third, the, the third circuit for Ambank. But this is all because Roberts is a pimp. Yeah. Okay? Right. Because we have a chief justice that refuses to address imbalance in the courts. He refuses to remand the lower courts and have them rule under strict scrutiny when it comes to Second Amendment cases because he is worried about his legacy and being doxxed and, and being uh, ridiculed like Kavanaugh was at his country club and everything. We are in this position. Our side spending millions of dollars fighting against our own money that's paid for by taxpayers to continually strip our rights away. And every time it gets to the lower courts and the Supreme Court, they kick the can down the road, the road again. It has to end eventually. Okay, it has to end eventually. I don't know when. I don't know when. I don't know either. While I'm on New Jersey, hey, FUDs, 
I'm not a hunter, but this is from my good buddy, Corey McLaughlin from Hunter's Leadership Forum. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is proposing new taxes on hunters. Ooh, surprise. They're not coming after my shotgun. (laughs) He's going to increase the tag fee for black bear wildlife conversation from $2 to $100. Good for you. Oh, so he's going to increase the, the cost so of an overload of black bear. There's no, there's like no, there's there's no uh, problem with any of this. You know, no, he's going to increase the cost of beaver and otter permits. Okay, seven months after vetoing a bill in January that it would double the number of available permits. So less permits, more money you pay for them. He's proposing increases in wildlife user fees and claiming they will balance the state budget. Come on. Wait, but these funds. Out of otter in New Jersey? Wait. We have that many otter? Yeah, but here's the deal. Here's how ignorant he is. He can't divert these funds. These funds are dedicated to the Hunter and Angler Fund in New Jersey, and they cannot be diverted as a matter of federal law under what I've talked about a million times, Pittman-Robertson Act. Yeah. From the 30s, okay? And he wants to propose a reverse of the 2015 tax break on high-end boat sales. I don't get what I can't afford a boat anyway. <laughs> but boat but, sales. Boat, yeah, I know. We're going to raise that up. <laughs> but, you know, Pittman-Robinson, under federal law, the money has to be used for certain conversation. Conver- yeah. Say it for me. Conservation. You hear me? Conservation, yeah. Conservation. I keep saying conversation. So he can't touch this money. He says it's going to balance the budget, but it's federally earmarked to go back to conservation. He's a jackass again. But you FUDs out there, they're never going to come take my shotgun. And, you know, I like to go hunting and I like to go fishing. Guess what? You're going to pay for more, too. So divide and conquer. The left is famous for that. Absolutely. Okay. Guess what number one state people are fleeing now? Oh, I could never guess We that. beat New York. We always beat New nah, York. we beat them bad this time, okay? <laughs> we beat New York bad. All right, let's check this out. Where is the data? This was in the New York Post. This was hysterical here in New Jersey. <laughs> Unless you're trying to sell a okay. home in New Jersey. It, New- <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey, 69% of the people who skipped out, while only 31% of the moves were people entering the Garden State. So a 38% decline. Now, the only reason why the numbers are still slightly strong in in New Jersey and the 31% are people fleeing New York for New Jersey. (laughs) Exactly, right. (laughs) That's exactly what's happening in my neighborhood. Yes. When New York is empty... Then New Jersey is going to see a, a, a more marketable gain in people leaving. Yeah. Right. All right. But right now, the people who can leave New Jersey to go south, are gone. east, west, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. So the only thing that's holding on right now is that uh, that New York people are spilling over. The, the market's red hot in New Jersey right now, everybody. Yeah. If you're from out of state, you, you people, I have a friend who's a realtor. They're listing houses in Upper Montclair for $1.3 million. And selling the, before and these are ta- these are And ta- these are houses where taxes, you ready for this? Forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year taxes. Yeah. Which is cheap compared to New York. Yeah, you heard that right. $1.3 million home, $40,000, dollars $60,000 a year in property taxes. Well, what's happening is they're listing the house for $1.3. Within two hours, they have three bids, and they end up selling it for $100,000 more than they listed it. Becomes a bidder's war. Yep. 
But when this ends, when the saturation is over, turn out the lights in New Jersey when you're the last one. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to happen pretty quick. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side -side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, Building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. And we're back. Yes. So, we are selling guns like Turn out cakes. the lights when you leave. <laughs> yes, turn out the lights in New Jersey. So, I'm not leaving everybody. My plan is by 63 to be semi-retired and to go from vacationing to snowbirding, spending the majority of my time in Florida, which means six months in one day or 186 days out of the year, I think, or 187 days out of the year down there because my pension won't get taxed and everything else and sales tax are cheaper and property taxes are way, way cheaper. I'm looking at houses where the taxes are $3,000 a year. Okay. 
and uh, I don't. Uh, you don't have to shovel sh- sunshine, so I like it. Yes, you don't have to shovel you, sunshine. You don't. Uh, just so you know, the NRA ILA Institute for Legislative Action, which is a separate silo of, from education and training, um, six companies just partnered with them uh, for a matchup campaign. Something that you know we used to see all the time with uh, Midway. Yeah. Uh, you know where you, where you match it up. So we have uh, Six Hour Caltech. Cordova, Rock Island Auction Company, Taurus, and Davidson's Gallery of Guns. So anything you donate, uh, they will match up to $1 million each, so it will be $6 million. We're going to need money for uh, the Trump election, which is less than two months away, because the three most important things in getting Trump reelected is what? Judges, judges, and judges. I stressed that to the students taking the basic pistol last night. There's nothing more important than the judges because, you know, I'm going in a circle here, but SAF issued a beautiful article, Parting Shot. The U.S. Supreme Court, this is by Charlie Cook, by the way, declines to give us our freedom, all right? And they just keep kicking the can down the road, and Gorsuch is frustrated, Kavanaugh's a little frustrated, and Clarence Thomas is ready to kick somebody's ass, okay? Okay, he wrote, the Second Amendment, Thomas has complained, is a disfavored right in this court, and its steadfast refusal to consider gun-related appeals stands in marked contrast to the court's willingness to summarily reverse courts that disregard our other constitutional decisions. Ultimately, Thomas has concluded, the court's unwillingness to step in has had the effect of relegating the Second Amendment to a second-class right. Yeah. All right, wake up, people. You know, we always used to talk about minorities as second-class citizens, and I say gun owners are second-class citizens. Well, this article was in... um, uh, 50 Black Enterprise Magazine, 50 years, Black Enterprise Magazine, right? Black Americans now account for the highest increase in gun sales of any demographic. This was written by Dana Givens. I wonder if she's related to Robin Givens. She was hot. Uh, Robin Givens was Did I say that? Yeah. So listen, listen to this, that overall gun sales have been surging across the United States by the Brookings Institute. Nearly three million firearms has been purchased since March. Those numbers are this is old, honey. You gotta you gotta get with the program here. The highest overall firearm sales increase comes from black men and women who show a fifty-nine percent increase in purchases during the first six months of twenty twenty. Yay! <laughs> Bottom line is there has never been a sustained sustained surge in firearm sales quite like we are, what we are in the midst of. Groups like the Black Gun Owners Association have been said to experience a tremendous spike in interest in online traffic. Absolutely. I I, I cannot. T- and then you have Maj Ture, who's out there in the hood, traveling all over the country. You know, check out Black Guns Matter, please. Then you have Tony Simon, the second yep. is for everyone. And then you have CNJFO doing their meets. And then you have Sherry and Sandy doing the Second Amendment Women Group. Listen. This is what we want. Let's get them in and let's educate them. Let's tell them our plight. Let's tell them what's going on. We all need to work together here. I don't care your religion, sexual affiliation. I don't care about anything. I don't care if you're a libertarian like me, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, constitutionalist. We all need to get on board. All right. And it's the and I've seen it. My classes, I've seen more and more minorities coming in and taking the classes. And it's just a wonderful thing. The more, the merrier. Okay. 
I'm so psyched about this. So now the malls are open again, right? And the Mall of America over here, American Nightmare or whatever it's called, ever <laughs> since they opened that tomb up in early uh, 2020, we've had all of this shit going on, COVID and everything else, right? They should have left that, that in tomb, yeah, that sarcophagus absolutely. there, yeah, right? right? It scares me. Let's talk a little bit about, so you're going to go to restaurants now. Many of these restaurants are anchored in malls. So you're going to be parking in a parking lot. Maybe you're going to walk through the general area. Some of the restaurants are in strip malls or whatever. So now we're going to have an increased traffic in shopping malls and shopping centers, people going to restaurants. So now, of course, the criminals are going to be ramping up, right? Yep. Because they know, ooh, good, good, we have more live targets coming out. So some, some tips, all right? You know, we always talk about normalcy bias. Be alert and trust your instincts. It's easy to get distracted when shopping. You know, look at your list or where you're going. Don't be texting. Don't be talking on the phone. Remember to always be alert and focus on your surroundings. If something feels off or looks unsafe, trust your gut and, you know, seek help or go into a safer direction. Now, you know me, I'm going to be running in the mall parking lot to the gelati going, ice cream, ice cream, <laughs> you know, and somebody's going to be able to mug me. I'm not even going to know what hit me. That's right. Right? So... Try to park in a well-lit area. It's going to start getting dark earlier now, right? Daylight savings time's in October, but I noticed we had to reset the lights outside the range now. They go on at 745. You know, we had them going on at 930. Yeah. So try to park in a well-lit area as close to the entrance as possible. Most of us try to park as close to the entrance because we're fat bastards, right? We don't want to walk far to go eat, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> When you're walking to and from your car, always have your keys in your hand, your key fob, which some newer cars have the emergency thing, but you want to be able to pop your uh, your keys. You could always use your keys as a weapon, too. I prefer a pen, but, you know, your finger should be near the panic button. If you're alone, remember, one click unlocks the driver's side door. Usually two clicks unlock them all. Unlock one, the one door if you're alone. If you're a woman and you met somebody out to dinner, and if it's a male... Or another woman, you can walk each other to the closest car, and then you can get in their car, and they can drive you to the, the next further distance car, and they can wait for you in the car until your car started, doors are locked, and you give them the thumbs up, you know? A little bit of buddy system here. Yeah. Yeah. When you're parking your car, especially now, six months you've been quarantined, don't leave any valuables in your car. Some of you are working from home, your kids and everything. iPads in the back seat, you know, Surface tablets in the back seat from your kids or whatever. It's going to get robbed. Right. All right. We always talk about the black blanket, right, Sandy? Yep. All you need is a black blanket to cover your stuff in the back of your car. And even with a 10,000 lumen flashlight, people can't see what's in the back of your SUV or in the back seat of your car. Yeah, okay. That's right. When you get to your car to leave, do not sit in the parking lot after shopping and make phone calls and texts, all right? A parking lot is no place to hang out after shopping or eating. Get in your car, walk around the car, make sure it's safe, buckle in, lock your doors, and leave. Now, I always add to that, I pull out towards the end of the parking lot, and that's where you call or text somebody, you know, Mom, I'm in the car, locked up, I'm getting around the highway, I'm on the way home, all right? Where you can get away if someone comes up to the car. Correct, or you can speed bump them. Right, <laughs> yes. Boom, boom. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I, I, what was that? I don't, I don't really know, you know. So, listen up. The next thing would be, while going into and from a restaurant, you know, those headphones and stuff like that. A lot of people have the two iPhone things in their ears or whatever they're called. If you're going to have it because you are all got to be connected 24-7, then just one so you can hear. 
Okay? Right. Just one. If you're going to carry a purse while you're going in and out of establishments and stuff, you know, keep your money in your front pocket or whatever. Women should try to utilize a purse that's a crossbody. All right? Similar to a messenger bag. Now, remember, if somebody came up to you with a gun or knife, you should never let anybody take you to a secondary location. They put a knife to your throat and say, get in here right now. I'm going to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. You don't. You, you rip away at all costs. I'd rather you get your arm shot off, a handful of hair pulled out, or get stabbed. You will survive better than if you're taking to a secondary location or uh, his lair. Okay? Yeah, exactly. If you have a cell phone, I like to keep my cell phone in my hand, your keys in your other hand, unless you're carrying a lot of bags. Then keep your cell phone in your pocket, you know, close to your body. So if somebody steals your purse, they don't take your cell phone too, or if they grab your jacket, because that's really going to screw you. All right? Uh, remember, there's power in numbers. Meet people. Hi, uh, you know, you can communicate on the phone, hands-free, and say, all right, I'm in the parking lot now. This is where I'm parking. Oh, cool, I'm going to park right near you. And then it's like synchronized your watches. All right, we both get out of the car together, walk at the same time to that mall to get something to eat, and then afterwards both walk back together keeping an eye on each other, right? Always keep an eye on your surroundings, who is behind you, who's close to you, who's following you. Uh, when I sit down in a place to eat, remember now, we've gotten a little fat and happy and soft now. Make sure that you know where the emergency exits are. Sit with your back to the wall so you can watch. You know, this might be a nice time for crazies to come out that we're looking to do harm to a large group of people, and sure. they haven't been able to do it for the past six months. Right? Right. Okay, a couple of uh, letters. Uh, this is from Andrew Marino. He just listened uh, to the last show. He heard you mention about brining people. <laughs> yeah, the governor's going to be brining us when we're on the website, uh, uh, when we're sitting outside restaurants eating. Now, Kenosha shooting the 17-year-old, I'm still not ready to fully comment on that, but he wrote, being a relatively new gun owner within the past couple of years, I wouldn't mind coming on the show to discuss my opinion. Andrew, the minute we're back in the live studio again, you're going to come on. Okay, and I, constructive criticism, bring it on. We want to talk. I want to represent everybody. Listen, I had Loretta Weinberg on. You're a new gun owner. Google Loretta Weinberg. She's the most <laughs> anti-gun New Jersey senator in the entire state. And I extended the olive branch and her on. Probably I want different in the history opinions. of the state. Yes. And then my buddy George Oshesky says, you know, Good opportunity from others to learn about others' mistakes. I hope Masad Ayub weighs in on this. He's talking about Kenosha. The yeah. kid involved in the Kenosha shooting has a hell of an uphill legal battle. Even if he was 100% righteous in defending himself against an angry mob and disparity of force, isn't the fact in Wisconsin it's illegal for a minor to possess a firearm in the first place? He can if he's hunted with a vetting FID holder excluded, but a major hit against a possible legal defense. It's true. It's the same line of thinking as an unlicensed, uninsured uh, driver getting into a car accident. Isn't the driver screwed because he should have been on the road? He shouldn't have been on the road in the first place. This also dovetails into your push for everyone within a household who is eligible to get an FID card. Otherwise, if a spouse or child decides to defend a life, home, and property with your firearm, they should they would be equally screwed. Get U.S. Law Shield if you haven't already. And in New York, it would be NY TAC defense. But I don't even know at 17 years old if he's eligible to get any type of firearm insurance. Yeah, I don't to think be he honest is. with yeah, you. Yeah, it's 17. Listen, he had a right to be there. Just like we said, the protesters and counter protesters both had, both had a right to be there. Will the court construe it that he drove 20 miles as a minor with a rifle that he shouldn't have possessed? 
Um, I don't know. You know, the left wants us to allow, uh, uh, you know, eight years old to decide if they want to go through, uh, you know, gender reassignment surgery. It shouldn't be a parent's job. It should be an eight-year-old's. But then the left also says that a 17-year-old shouldn't have a gun. Yeah. So, but then the left also wants kids as young as 14 or 15 to vote. You can't have it every way possible. So, uh, you know, is he going to be charged? Probably. Is he going to be charged for everything? I don't know. But I know all three people he shot, all three were felons. Did you know that? Yeah, right. What are the odds of shooting three people in a crowd and, and, and killing and wounding three felons? Well, I mean, the left has been fomenting... Uh, <laughs> Has been fomenting violence for a very, very long time, and now that the polls have turned against them, that all of a sudden it's a different story. But there's hundreds of people. You get into a tiff and you shoot three people, and all three were felons. Well, look at the crowd. I know it's just weird to me. That's all you know. Other you, than I mean, me, I don't know many felons. No, I, you know, <laughs> but stop and think about it. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, versus left in a uh, in. And, and they're uh, protesting, right? The right brings like garbage bags to clean up after them, and the left is burning cities down, and that's just the way it is. So it's going to be—they're the most raucous group usually. Oh my God, unbelievable! So I want to talk about a few of our uh, people that have been uh, strong supporters. You know, we have uh, Shooters Gauntlet out in Monroe Town, PA. Yep, Bob Ramo and his wife Patty. They have this huge, huge range. They run machine gun shoots every year. Uh, you can rent out uh, ranges there. That's where we teach our long-distance shooting, 1,500 yards. Our next class will be in the spring at the Delta Range. We booked it already. Dates will be coming out soon. Uh, if you haven't checked out Shooter's Gauntlet, please check it out. Uh, Marty'sVBurger.com. Uh, he will be dropping lunch off for Matt and I again today, that bastard. <laughs> gun for Hire Radio is uh, available on Spotify, by the way. Uh New York Tac Defense, use promotional code Gun for Hire, one word. U.S. Law Shield, use promotional code Gun for Hire, both of them offering deep discounts. My buddy John Petrolino has been pimping us out everywhere. He's been on radio shows and uh, everything, podcasts and stuff. Uh, his book, Decoding Firearms, is mentioned in my book, by the way, uh, as a book that you should read because my book only has three chapters on uh, firearms. And, uh, of course, uh, our people at, at uh, uh, Knife Rights have the app Legal Blade, the Knife Law App 2.0 for all the knife rights in America for not only states but uh, cities. So there's tons of information there. So when people send me uh, questions about, you know, uh, can I carry this or is this legal, I forward them that uh, app. And the same thing with the Quarantine Crawl when someone's asking me for a doctor. The Quarantine Crawl, Sandy, is up to 200 and 43 businesses. Man. Okay? Our Chamber of Commerce. How easy it is it to find? Gunforhire.com forward slash crawl. Could not have made it any easier for anybody. We have 60 restaurants. So restaurants opened two days ago. If you're listening to the show, yep. go on the crawl page. There was a little, there's a glitch in the site about uh, searching by location. So if you click on the 60 restaurants and then search by location, instead of doing a broad search, it will show you the closest restaurants to you. It's perfect. I hit a bunch of them. Uh, NJ2A Sanctuary, Sandy Hickerson sent me 15 
businesses that have supported NJ2A sac, uh, uh, Sanctuary down in South Jersey. I listed all 15 businesses, pizzerias, restaurants, tow truck places, you name it. I put them down, okay? So I want you to check it out and pass it on to everybody, okay? We, want, we need these people. We need to all be working uh, together uh, and support those who support you. So please, your first reference point should always be the quarantine crawl. Always, all right? It's very, very important that we support those who support you. Absolutely. And there's so many great places, you know? Just so many great places. So I want all of you uh, to get into it uh, and check them out, please. Okay? Um, what else do I have? Sandy, what do you have? Oh, my book. Yes. So I finished the entire rough, 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 rough manuscript. It's 16 chapters, a couple of hundred pages, probably like 300. Okay? So here's the deal. Uh, uh, the... The editor I hired is going through it. I told you it was 300 pages of a, one sentence, right? One, yeah, it was one sentence. Yeah, I had, I had one sentence. Had put, I think she I had, told you you had, had to put a, a couple commas in there? I, had, I think I had one comma. Oh, that's pretty good. I, I, yeah, that's I right. think I had I think I think had one comma. Excuse me. Uh, and uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. So I fixed that one comma. And, and uh, took it out. And I gave it to her. <laughs> and now we're going to be working on illustrations and the cover. And obviously, uh, the editor is editing my chapters. And then I'm going to be going through and doing another edit. And, and then Sandy said I have to have somebody else look at it after that. I forgot because I'm ignorant. But it's right now the working title uh, is Gun for Hire, Protecting Your Most Valuable Assets, You and Your Family. That's the working title. Uh, because Sandy gave me shit because I'm not allowed to have a, you know, normal title um, and say it's the title. He says, oh, so that's the working title, you know, because he's sold 7 million copies of his book, Never Offer Your Comb to a Bald Man. Just telling you. <laughs> okay? He sold 7 million copies. I'm supposed to take advice from him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seriously? Slacker. Slacker. Okay? I I'm hoping to sell 5,000 copies, to be honest with you. Do you um, know that the average New York Times bestseller doesn't sell more than 5,000 copies? I, I would believe that. Yeah, that's um, about the average, yeah. Really? I would. I was thinking about, uh, I'm going to offer a Kindle version and either a hardcover or a softcover. And I was thinking about an audio book, right? Uh, and I was going to have uh, Timmy from South Park. Uh, that would be good, yeah. Yeah, yeah read it. Be, okay. Timmy! <laughs> that's it. That's all. Timmy. That's all it's going to be for like three hours. Everybody's going to think it's screwed up and they got the wrong file and they're going to try to return it and then they're going to be told, nope, that's the right file. <laughs> uh, yes, so you're competing with William Faulkner for the longest sentences in the... In the uh, well, did Faulkner have that record? I, I, well, I think he probably did. But his writing was very good. Yes, he's just had the longest sentences. Um, See, I don't, need, I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Does this make me ignorant? It does not, no. Uh, it does not. <sighs> it, uh, it makes you coming to an end. I love you guys. Support those who support you. Please take it easy on the small businesses. Please. Yeah, and that's a really great idea that the, the restaurants are opening up this weekend. Go on gunforhire.com slash crawl and find one near you and go visit them and say, hey. 
Hey, hey, hey. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Eye Radio. Gun for Eye Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music. New York, New York. On behalf of William Forkner, our uh, master trainer and show host, uh, and the rest of the group here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Thank you all. Remember, each one, reach one. You new guys who are new to the shooting sports, who are new gun owners, make sure you get some training and make sure you get educated and listen to the real facts before you make a vote and see how it's going to affect you on more ways than one. We love you guys. See you next week. From sea to the shine.